This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to have a Brummie Twirl episode that's a little bit different. We're going to be talking about things that involve sexual assault, grooming, pedophilia. So just want to give you this trigger warning that this episode is going to be a little bit different. And uh, we hope that you decide to rock with us. But if you don't, that's cool, too. When the spawn meets world. What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to a very special episode of Bruh Meets World. What up, Bruh Meets World special episode? Uh, you're a boy meets world fan, guys. I'm Siege. And I am Tony Curtis. And we are having a class discussion today on Pod Meets Worlds, um, their very special episode released this past Monday, February 19th, 2024, entitled 21924, where the pod covered a very controversial topic. And I think it was so impactful when I heard about it the very first time. I needed to talk to T. I needed to talk to you guys. We want to hear what you think. Um, so yeah, this episode is where um, a licensed marriage and family therapist, Katie Morton, joins Danielle, Ryder, and Will to discuss the difficult subjects of grooming, childhood sexual abuse, and their effects on their victims. Um, so yeah, that's that's how we wanted to start off this episode. Tell yeah, me. we're we're just gonna have like a, a a pretty chill, casual conversation. For those who are members of our Patreon, you guys will be familiar with this just because we've been doing these recaps on all the Pod Meets World episodes, uh, you know, the major ones. So uh, but this was such an important conversation that we just felt the need to just kind of have it, have it, have it with the whole class. So um, I'm excited that we can get into it because talk about a very special episode. First of all, how season four of them? Yeah, <laughs> really? This, this really? Season four thing. Yeah, I mean, because we have like that episode with the the girl who gets beat up by her dad, like yeah. in a few episodes, like very, very yeah. soon from where the pot is in season four. Um so yeah, this felt like a very special episode, TGI. Yeah, there was like a, a trigger warning at the beginning yeah. of everything. It's it, they were serious. It's so fun. Yeah, I, I I spoke to Jensen right after it premiered, and I was like, hey, first of all, first of all, well, thank you for having it, and thank you for mm -hmm. like being bold enough. It was so obvious that Will and Ryder were really uncomfortable. Uh, I think I don't know which predate which predated what. If the article about them and their involvement in this case. Um, was happening anyway, or if they released it and therefore very much like anything they do lately that's even slightly controversial, uh, the episode came out and then all these think pieces came out about it. But I will say that it was interesting to hear their take on it. It was interesting to see them really be pushed and challenged to have this okay, conversation. Okay, all right. So first of all, hold on. If you guys haven't heard this episode, go listen to the Pod Beats World episode. But real quick, they talk about this actor, Brian Peck, who... Funny enough, was Oogie on the yeah. honeymoon episode that we just did. And Brian Peck was arrested for uh, sexually assaulting a child in 2003. And this person had a close relationship with Will, closer with Ryder, and was, like we said, on a few Boy Meets World episodes. So uh, it, it makes sense that they kind of, I guess, had to adjust. You know what? I'm going to give them credit. They yeah. didn't have to address it. Because no. we were wondering the same thing when we were like, oh, when they get to the Fred Savage episode, are they going to talk about it? But now I have a little bit more faith that they're going to talk about it because they're not shying away from these conversations. And this one especially is such a deep cut. Like, if you didn't know Brian Peck, like, if you didn't know who this person was, if, if he is such a, like, I, I don't want to say random or D-list. I don't want to use any of those words, but just like in terms of just like recognizable actors from the 90s, he is not a person that comes to mind. Of all the guest stars, he is not a person that I would have ever thought twice about to the point where he's been on several episodes we've talked about and I've never given him a second thought. I say all of that to say that like they did not have to have this conversation. They did not yeah. have to go into it. And I think the fact that he was so close to Will and Ryder, specifically yeah. Ryder, kind of made it to the point where they couldn't dance around it, which, I, again, I respect. 
Yeah, absolutely. I want to know what was your first reaction to it? We kind of do first reactions very often, but like, how did you feel listening to the episode? If I'm being real, I kind of wanted more of a discussion about grooming and predators. I know it was specific to this one actor who they all have personal connections with and obviously who was on the show, but I, I feel like the the grooming conversation I thought was really interesting and, you know, grooming as a form of manipulation and, you know, they talk about cognitive dissonance and all these things that kind of come from, you know, being involved in grooming. I just thought all of that was like really interesting and stuff that I wasn't super aware of. So that's what I mostly took away from it. Absolutely. Like what was interesting to me is, and I kind of released this in our statement on uh TikTok and um Instagram and all, all of the places. I said, and I, I still feel like when you and I started Brown Meets World, our entire thing was to look at this kids' show that we had spent so much time with and that had formed us and look back on it and be, say, hey, what about this holds up or what about this doesn't? Like yeah. really like looking at it from an adult perspective. And it's so interesting that this episode is essentially them having to do that with their lives in a way that even Pod Meets World didn't anticipate. Like, you know, that's yeah. what Pod Meets World is about. It's them being like, hey, we were on the show. What is that like? But for them to be like, no, this expanded outside of the show. This was like us. This was like, we went to lunch with this guy. It was really enlightening. And I thought it was so on par for Boy Meets World in general, yeah. let alone for Pod Meets World for them to cover this. And I really, really wanted to applaud them for having the uncomfortable conversation. Because it is, if there's one thing I can tell, especially yeah. having spoken to Will and Ryder for a few years <laughs> now, is how uncomfortable they were and mm -hmm. how much Will was struggling yeah. to kind of maintain his worldview mm -hmm. while also having to confront a really, really uncomfortable truth. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. Um. What I will say, the most probably fascinating thing about this for me was both Will and Ryder saying like, oh, I've had relationships with way older women. I was 18 yes. with a 32-year-old and didn't think anything of it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And And to your point, this is like continuing the legacy of Boy Meets World. It's like every now and then Boy Meets World just had like a, hey, we're going to have a special episode. And I do appreciate that they're having it here and that they're using it as a form to reveal things about themselves. Like yeah. they're talking about grooming and manipulation and it's making Will and Ryder run like, hey, I was in a relationship with an adult. That's actually kind of weird. Now that I'm thinking about it, an adult was a little strange. Like I love that there's like this real time development happening with some of these ideas. Well, what to to that point, I think about like the uh, like the main story that came out from our interview with them in season two, which was that Danielle was like, "Oh, I felt uncomfortable. I was mm -hmm. sexualized at a very young yep. age." We saw a thirty-year-old have a fourteen-year-old on their lap, and it's something that we've always kind of spoken about through Danielle's lens. But mm -hmm. to hear Will and Ryder have to be yeah. confronted with it, and it's like, "Oh, this is your." perspective this is this actually applies to you yeah everyone's very quick to talk about danielle being sexualized and very quick to talk about what it was like for her and you can even kind of feel danielle she's there to really be support more than anything yeah because very much like they are there to be like no one should have treated you like this she's there to be like you shouldn't have been put in that position yeah and and actually advocate for them i thought it was so interesting and so sweet of danielle to like defend will when he was like i don't i, I wasn't a victim i wasn't um all these things she's like yeah but you were manipulated and, and that's okay and like you know like just to kind of be there and be a supportive friend for him yeah in a way that i know he probably has been for her um i thought it was really sweet to see and i also thought it was very interesting just this perspective of will and Ryder being you know it's something that a lot of men a lot of straight men especially but a lot of men in general have had to deal with where you're like i like this guy i thought he was cool yeah. i had and then you find out something about them and you're like oh well what does that say about me what does that sure. say about us what does that say about what i endorsed and yeah. i think we've all had situations in our past where we're like i should have said something i should have i was on the wrong side of this argument 
And I wish I had done things differently. So for them to have this conversation again, yeah, it's just, it's yeah, very, it's, very much in line. With I, I feel like we've had a lot of conversations, me and you just being like, Oh, this thing happened in high school. Wasn't it weird? Yeah. But like, I don't, I, the one difference I'll say in terms of how we talk about it versus how they're talking about it in this episode is like, I have a lot of compassion for our young selves in the terms of like, we didn't know any better and it wasn't on us to know any better. Whereas Will was like, I can't believe I was manipulated. I can't, I can't, like 19 year old me, I'm angry that I'm so naive. Like things like that, where I was just like, oh, give yourself some slack, buddy. You were, I, I know to him, he's like, I was 19. I wasn't one of the kids, but I think he needs to shift that way of thinking a little bit as well. Yeah, like, oh, all right. So that, this is a perfect time to talk about Katie Morton, who was right on, who was the therapist that they had. Mm -hmm. I thought she did a fantastic job. Yeah of like talking them through it and being there and being comforting and and giving them different perspectives and i want to make sure like when i'm talking about this episode it was important for me to cover it not just to cover what they did but like what it means for an audience mm -hmm. to hear this and to hear a 40 year old man be like i was 19 i should have known better and for someone to be like hey that's not true mm -hmm. you're 19 being 19 is still very much being a child yeah. You were, in fact, manipulated. You were, in fact, and that doesn't mean you're a victim. Maybe victim's too strong of a word. I love when she said yeah. that. Because it's like, if you're not vibing with victim, that's fine. But also, you need to understand that you only had limited information. You purposely were put in a position that required you, per someone else's intentions, to endorse something that you would not have had you known all the facts. That is manipulation. And that can happen to a child, that can happen to an adult, that yep. can happen at any age at any point in time. And I thought that that as a listener was so important because as someone who A, has experienced sexual assault uh, while I was a minor, hmm. that was important for me to hear, but also as someone who has spoken to other adult males who are like, no, no, it was cool. It was not that big of a deal. or. You know, like they just downplay all yeah. these things that happen to them. You're like, no, it is important. But by the way, that doesn't mean that you are now a victim for life and you have to go around sure. wearing like this scarlet A. It just means that you need to understand or kind of uh, recontextualize some events in your life yeah. and learn from them. I, I love what she said, uh, something to the effect of like, you can't use adult eyes to understand your younger self or to mm. try to like perceive your younger self better. Like, it's just, it, it's not going to equal out. Um, you, something I love that Danielle said, which I really related to was Danielle said, when adults treated me like an adult, it made me feel good. Yeah. And I think back at every problematic relationship I had with an adult when I was a teenager, it was always those teenagers who were, uh, those adults were really friendly to the kids. They were like, I'm an adult child. That whole thing of just like, oh, I'm a permanent kid. I'm a permanent teenager. Like, they were always so cool. They had snacks. They let us curse. They they like would let us do things that like made us feel adult, and they treated us adult in like a way that when Danielle was like, "Hey, it made me feel good." I like really related to that, and because I mean, I we've talked about this on our podcast, I, I think, and I've we've talked to you about it. How like I was really close to a teacher who yeah was like. Yeah. A female teacher yeah. who had some crazy accusations at the end of our graduating year. And it really like made me do that same thing, that head spin of just like as an adult, I'm thinking like, well, was there anything I could have done? Was there anything I should have done? And now I'm like, no, but uh, I just had a very similar journey in terms of just like being treated like an adult by someone who um, had other things going on that like really messed with me as a kid. See, and I think it's so funny and maybe it's because I was a victim of sexual abuse at such a young age, but because of that, like I, like that happened to me when I was like 11, 12. Mm. So I spent all of high school, all of like college, all of these years Anytime someone who had a two in their age <laughs> and double digits that was older than me and my friends wanted to engage with us or talk with us, I was always like, that is weird. You should not be talking to someone who is half your age, hanging out with us, any of these things. Like, it doesn't like uh, if we're coworkers at work, possibly in a group setting, it's fine. But 
If you are going out of your way to hang out with just us, that's a problem. If you're going out of your way to talk to someone who is my peer and we are in high school and we like, I, I don't know if I've told this story before, but I've definitely told, uh, talked to you about it where my husband will tell a story about how uh, we went to visit his hometown. He was like, oh yeah, that's the store where my high school friend's boyfriend, who was a cop, used to buy us liquor. And I was like, I want you to listen to every word in that story. <laughs> yeah. And tell me if you think that that is a happy memory or if that's something you should reinvestigate. Sure. You know, and like, it's, it's not to say that people have to be bogged down or feel like a victim or like they've done, but it's just like, we need to make it very clear because unfortunately Hollywood, not just in their storytelling or like, sorry, not just behind the scenes, but sometimes in storytelling, in the, in the student who falls in love with a teacher in the pretty little yeah. liars of it all, they will promote this idea that a adult having interest in a child is normal and it's fine. It's like, and it's not, it really isn't like they or, said. Or, or like Will and Ryder were saying where it was like, well, we understood that when it was an adult man and a young woman, it was weird, but for it to be an adult woman and a young man, we didn't perceive that as strange. And I'm just like, same, honestly, I was taught my whole life to be like, yeah, there's creepy dudes, but like women, like it, it just wasn't a thing that was, um, perceivable for me at that time in my life and to be honest the amount of girls in high school that i knew who had relationships with guys who were in like yep. the early 20s mid 20s late 20s yep. like it, it was it was like normalized in a way for like oh yeah girls are supposed to like older guys or whatever like oh i don't want to deal with these high school boys i want a college guy or someone older and it was in retrospect there's there's a lot to unpack and so i i appreciate them kind of having this conversation openly because as I was reflecting, it made me unpack a little bit more about like things I normalized. Absolutely. And like, like to that point, it made me think of um, the episode where Eric is dating Amy's coworker. Oh, and yeah. remember we were very like, they were like, Oh, it's kind of funny. And I was like, no, it's not. This woman is dating a child. What do they have in common? What do what could they possibly talk about outside? She was friends with Amy. What I'm gonna bang your son? Like, get out of here. What? Yeah, exactly. That's predatory. And then the idea that Ryder was like, I thought by being 18, 19 and dating a 30-year-old, I was like doing something. It that validated me mm -hmm. as being mature. And we we're constantly hearing about how Ryder you know, was uh, mature for his age. But it's like, I, I think very often about how like you can be a literal rocket scientist, but that does not mean that you are a good um, oceanologist. Oshi, Oshi, I don't know. Like, I, I, chose, I chose the worst word and worst profession. But yeah. like, that is, like, all right, you're, you can be a rocket scientist, but that does not make you a good heart surgeon. That does not sure. make you a good basketball coach you know like you have your things that you are an expert in and i think that sometimes we think oh because i'm good in this area that means i'm good in all areas i'm aware yeah. of all things and we all have blind spots and just because you're a intelligent or uh, mature or advanced beyond your age in certain areas doesn't mean that you are not still a child i i forget it now and i'm like uh my father-in-law is 90 years old Wow. I am still a baby as far as he's concerned mm -hmm. because there's so much more of life I haven't experienced that I can't know. So no matter what I tell him, no matter what I, I've learned and how much technology I have access to, there are certain life truths that I just won't really understand until I get older. And that's how I feel about anyone who's dealing with children. If you're yeah. dealing with someone who is a child, it's like... And I'm talking under the age of 25, if I'm being honest, and you are in your 30s, that is a problem. Yeah. Um, there's one of the things I was really starting to think about, and this might have been a tangent, but I feel like it's worth talking about, is Will and Ryder were like, hey, like the reason why we were attracted to this guy is because he was kind of like a permanent kid. And it was like this guy who was just like kind of trapped in like a youthful mindset. And as kids, we were like, that's the kind of adult we want to be, right? You know what's really interesting? Disney adults. Pause. 
<laughs> but like this idea that I feel like there is some trauma specifically that our generation experience where like we're adults but we kind of like if someone knocks on our door we're like oh I'm in trouble I'm gonna hide you know what I mean like I don't know yes. what that is with millennials we're like I don't know if just the trauma of growing up during this time period did something to us where like we're constantly re like even us we do an entire podcast on 90 shit like there's so much focus on the things that were popular in our youth because of the the feeling it gives our generation to regress back to an age where things were easier to to understand that and then to also understand that like hey pedophilia can come from people mentally not perceiving themselves at the age that they are i'm like wow it is super important for our generation specifically that is tied down by nostalgia to work through some of this so that we don't become victims of this mindset yeah you might have some uh, issues with being an adult but you are an adult and there is something about like mentally bringing yourself to your age and being aware of like the age that you are that i just feel like is a side conversation that wasn't talked about in this podcast that just had me thinking so it's so funny that you say that because I think that specifically, let's take Disney adults, for example, mm -hmm. or even like you said, nostalgia is really big right now. I feel like to answer your question, I feel like millennials in general were traumatized. We saw, we saw directly a war start in front of our eyes at a very young age, mm -hmm. and it just never got better from there. And almost any and every time we had like a glimmer of hope, like, again, I want to remind everyone while we were turning 30, the world literally shut <laughs> and we saw the response be i don't care yeah i want taquitos like that was the response from a lot of people so i i do not blame us for being like i look well, i wish for a simpler time when rugrats was the funniest thing i'd seen and i didn't have to think about um the cost of diapers or the cost of uh therapy or any of yeah. these things you know like or, the, or the COVID skip of this idea that like i spent three years at home and i don't feel like i matured past that because i was just inside correct so like all of those things in general i feel are valid but one thing i will give millennials credit for is we all went to therapy not all but a large <laughs> part of us went to mm -hmm. therapy and it's something at least for me i've been doing since i was 19. Mm -hmm. and it is this idea of us being like hey it's why we look at mrs doubtfire and we're like what were you doing like the tell whole me time? the whole the time, time? <laughs> but like no that's way. that's my point like we look at that movie and we're like was robin williams funny yes can we laugh when we watch that movie? Yes. Is that a psychotic story to tell a child? Absolutely. And I think yeah. that ability to look at something and be like, hey, these parts of it were fun, but also that is a grown ass man. Someone should be checking on them. That is what I love. I love this idea that millennials are willing to confront those things because there was a time where no one would talk about the yeah. uncle who they knew was touching people mm. inappropriately. They would just kind of put it in the sideline. And millennials was like, no, we're calling him out. We're going to name names. We're going to make sure that he doesn't have any ability to do it again. Yeah. Um. And I, I, I wanted to just acknowledge that because you like i don't think there's anything wrong with like being a child at heart in terms of a few weeks ago we spoke to 90 kids throwback tyler yeah and he was talking about like hey keep that joy R like remember the things that made you feel childish and 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 made you feel innocent like it's fine to go to that place but it's when you use that as a cover like well I yeah it's one thing to visit it's yes. one thing to be like i'm gonna visit there to stake permanent residence at a at, at basically to in your younger self yeah. of the self that was in the 90s can lead from based off of this interview can lead to this mindset of like well i'm basically just a kid so i can justify a relationship with someone who's not technically an adult because i'm not technically an adult like that's what i'm talking about and i know there's a fine line between disney adults and like this nostalgia culture that we're in but i i also feel like there's a connective tissue there as well i think there is a connective tissue but i think that what's important is the ability to have people call that out. Like, I mm. think that, again, it, it, it's, we are, are becoming more communal and we are becoming more aware of like, hey, just because that person's 
doing this thing. And they're like, oh, that's that's them. That's their life. Good on them. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be looking out for you. I want to make sure that you are aware that I can see you and that I want better for you or yeah. that I want you to hold yourself accountable. I that love- is... Go ahead. What, what, her, her name what was it, Katie? The Katie. the person they brought on. She said she called it wise counsel. That yes. like having parents around on set, even though you don't want to listen to them, it was the parents who were like, "Hey, the way these guys are looking at Danielle makes me uncomfortable. The way these women are looking at you will makes me uncomfortable." Like you don't want to listen to your parents, but th- when she was talking about having wise counsel in your ear to just be like, "Hey, from an adult perspective, this is weird," may- actually does make a huge difference. So it's so funny. All right, so this is the perfect time. I was kind of weird figuring out when to, but mm-hmm. uh, at the time of this recording, one of the biggest things on TikTok, on uh, YouTube, on Twitter is this story called who the fuck did i marry <laughs> um, who tf did i marry um and for those of you who don't know i'll give you a really quick synopsis it's a 50 minute story it's oh, a te- it's, it is not a 50 minute story it's 10 it minutes a, each story right no, 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 50 no. stories it is which it is a um i think it's a five hour story <laughs> it's like five eight hours worth of content. Reason why this story comes up is it's a woman who found herself in a relationship with a pathological liar and she um it's telling the story about how she was manipulated, how he was able to say these things, but also all of the red flags she ignored. Mm. All of the things that were like this doesn't add up, but I want I want to be married. I want to have these things. I want to believe. There's a point in time where she says, I caught him in a lie very early on. And I said to myself, let him get figure out a way to get out of this lie. Mm-hmm. Like uh, she said, I said to myself, let him lie his way out of this so that we can continue the story that we want to. And anyway, all of that is to say that what you and I were just talking about, she talks about how she purposely and intentionally didn't tell her family. No mm. one knew what was going on. Everyone, everyone knew all the good things. Everyone knew um, that she had gotten married. They had known that she met a guy, but they didn't understand and they didn't know all of these things that were going on that didn't add up. And I was like, this is what they're talking about. You need community. You need to be able to tell your stories to friends so your friends can say, uh, two plus two should equal four. He got five. That's not right. Yeah. And I think that that's really important because we are living in a world right now where it is, we are entering a world where there are deep fakes. We're entering a world where fake news exists. This idea of manipulation and lying. You know what Sora is? Yes, I did see about Sora. And again, it's like we're entering in a world where reality and truth is going to be challenged. So it is going to be so much more important to have a community that you can tell your stories to, that you can tell your reality and your truths to, and they can check you and they can be like, hey, you're being too hard on yourself or you need to get yourself more empathy or let's work through this together. Again, it's one of the things that I loved about this interview was when Danielle would advocate for Will and Ryder when they didn't want to advocate. Yeah. Um. One thing I just wanted to bring up, uh, just before we stray too far away from this, you know, I was bringing up, you know, our collective love for nostalgia. And I think it's so interesting that the more we learn about what was really going on in the 90s, the more we realize we are clamoring for the idea of something and not the reality of it. Yes. Case in point, this motherfucker that they were talking about on their podcast, Brian Peck, the actor, actor that you know committed the sexual assault. Not only did he work allegedly. in Boy Meets World, allegedly. Well, no, he was convicted. Fuck him. He, he served okay. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he was on the Amanda Show. He was also on All That. Like he was on kids programming. And this is, seems like a great time to mention the new documentary that's coming out called yep. Quiet on Set about Dan Schneider doing this exact same bullshit so like if we really like i it, it was funny because writer was like hey i hate the fact that hollywood has this reputation of pedophilia and i was like you guys are almost making a point as to why hollywood is able to be a mecca for this in terms of like hey there are a lot of children who are left with adults unsupervised consistently on a daily basis and i'm like that is enough of a reason to question a child's place in hollywood so i know writer didn't want to make that correlation but i feel like it's deserved i love that you brought that up because he was like 
I know that Hollywood gets pushed back and it's like it's it's and I think what Ryder is saying is that it is painted as this den of iniquity and like mm-hmm. all of these bad things. Like and it and it really can be painted by certain parts of America as the most evil thing. Sure. And I think that what's really important is to note that it's not just Hollywood. It's everywhere. Like yeah. I said in our comment, a lot of people are like, who's the guy? What's his name? What I was like, why are you focusing on that? Because here's the thing. Everyone says that, oh, we just want to know people should be aware. And it's like, but if you can put a name to it, then a lot of people feel like, oh, that's him. That's all we have to worry about. And we can walk away. And I feel mm-hmm. like with writer, it's also this thing of if you say that it's in Hollywood, then everyone's like, it's Hollywood. That's it. Like, all we got to do is shut down Hollywood and then everything will be okay. And the reality is, no, these things seep throughout our culture, specifically American culture, specifically in a capitalistic culture specifically in patriarchy this idea of and it's so important to me and it's so interesting that they brought up the fact that this was a gay man and i said I, I wanted to ask you about oh, that too yeah, oh 100 yeah. percent. because a this idea of men um being predators towards other men is not talked about enough and the idea of using bro code to cover your tracks and to cover yourself is not talked about enough. And so the idea of you have to, you have to tackle it at the root. And the root is patriarchy. The root is using manliness and masculinity. And some people, some people use acceptance of queerdom or the cover of homophobia mm-hmm. to protect them from being called out and it's like hey you know how you like young girls and how it, no one bats an eye at a 75 year old man having a 19 year old wife well i also am a 30 year old gay man and i like 19 year old boys like is that a problem are you homophobic and it's like no both are wrong both should not be allowed this transcends orientation if someone of any orientation of any marginalized class of like people talk about this very often about how in some cases black men just want the right to be oppressors that white men have sometimes Mm. gay men want just the right to be as um predatory as straight men are and it's like these things need to be called out as well because those systems are you not universal but they're definitely throughout uh and they are arrive in many different places you know something i wanted to say uh just to backtrack a little bit you were talking about the the role that gayness played within this story and one thing i just want to say is just that it was i Again, I'm a straight man, whatever. Yeah. So take my opinion with a grain of salt, everyone. I have to imagine being gay before 2013 was not a good time. No. And we always talk about how hurt people hurt people. Not saying that that is an excuse. But like, even like, I mean, this is a terrible example, but like John Wayne Gacy, like if he lived in a time where it was okay to be gay, would he have done what he did? You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you were in a position where you were constantly being told that you're a sinner for having the feelings you feel, would you feel as if you had to go to such extreme lengths? This is a completely different conversation. And I'm <laughs> I'm going somewhere else with this. But I was just, that's honestly what I was thinking about. I was just like, man, like, I'm not trying to sympathize with this abuser, but at the same time, like, it's, 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 you have to analyze the pattern. You have to analyze the cycle. You have to analyze, like, what's leading to these things happening. And I just got to be honest, anytime I hear about, like, sexual abuse from a gay man prior to, like, 2010, I'm just like, I wonder what other societal factors were playing a part, our role. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. And and, and I'm going to stop you right there for a a few reasons. One, I want to make it very clear. Um, the idea that gay men are pedophiles has been a story that has been perpetuated for years. And it's this idea of like chicken before the egg. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, um, because they were repressed, they then um, target other children who then turn around and repeat the cycle. That is not everyone's story. That is a very sure, harmful sure. thing to like, I just wanted to like, not saying that that was what you were implying, but I do think it's important to say that that's what people have been saying for years. Okay. And there are plenty of people who go and don't feel acknowledged and wanted and all this other stuff, and then don't turn around and 
victimize someone. I'm not saying that hurt people don't hurt people. I'm not saying that you can't learn about bad things. I'm saying that the things that you learn, the things that a lot of these people learn is they learn about Harvey Weinstein doing it to Rose mm. McGowan. And they go, well, if he can do that, why can't I? That's what mm. it really is about. It's mm. that, that learned behavior. Yeah. It's not necessarily that this thing happened to me. It's the idea that um, a man should be entitled to what he wants and everyone has to bend their will to that. It's one of the biggest things that we have with Corey in our mm. Boy Meets World recap. It's this idea, and the reason why I call it out so often, and I know that people are like, you should be more sympathetic towards Corey. And I was like, I am, but I cannot ignore this idea that a man who wants what he wants and therefore has to make it happen despite what anyone else wants. And if anyone else were to put up a fight, he has the right to pursue it anyway. That's what I have a problem with. And I think that to that foot, a gay man, like a gay man is still a man. And part of being a man is power dynamics. Part of being a man in our current culture is um, authority and Mm -hmm. being able to uh, put yourself and position yourself as a success or someone of accomplishment and of power. Um, And because of that, a lot of people, regardless of orientation, use that and will will look for easy targets and there is very few easier targets than children and people who were taught to be trusting and that's kind of like what i wanted to really point out well well, i just want to you know kind of clarify i i obviously am not trying Mm -hmm. to uh give excuse to an abuser or imply that uh you know people who grew up lgbtq before a certain time period have an excuse to act out or what, like, I'm not trying to say anything like that. I'm just trying to, I'm just looking at the bigger picture. No, I'm I... asking questions and I'm also asking questions about like societal trauma. Like what's it like? Like, I'll say this. I'm I'm not gay, but I know what it's like to grow up in the South as a, as a person of color and what that does to my mindset and how I feel like I have a different perspective than people of color who grew up outside of the South. Yes. So like, you know, like I'm I'm just like asking the questions of just like, uh, you, uh, what is causing circumstances like what was discussed in the pod where it was like, hey, this was an environment where this person was kind of allowed slash encouraged slash given permission to take advantage of people he may have used this excuse or that excuse but for whatever reason it went on and like we were friends with him during that time like there was just i'm just i'm just trying to like ask the questions like i'm not trying to imply anything i'm just like i have adhd i have pattern (laughs) recognition and i'm just seeing like the forest and i'm just asking questions about it i just want to make that well no and i get that well i'll say that i'll address your your forest question in this way Mm -hmm. the forest is important it's as i said earlier it's the system it is the idea of to be manly is to conquer Mm. it's this idea of to be straight to to be manly is to be straight it is this idea of you're, you're absolutely right that for a lot of people if we were to embrace different orientations different identities all these other things they would feel less repressed they would not need to take it out they would be able to um embrace the parts of them that make them feel whole and therefore they would not target uh others and sometimes the way that they target others is specifically to target the very demographic that they themselves are a part of i completely- it's like they can recognize like hey this person who is a potential victim has similar characteristics that I can identify because I was said victim. Correct. And again, not excusing that behavior, but I'm saying there's something there that's no, no, no. And, and what I'm saying is, yes, like I will acknowledge that. That is very true. However, we have to acknowledge that some people also are just manipulators. Some yeah. people also are just liars. Some people also understand how the system works. One of the things that they tell you very often with uh, Hollywood is there'll be people like, I didn't know how to play the game. I didn't know mm-hmm. how to 
make the moves or make the right connections. And there are certain people where that part is the easiest part. I know how to ask for what I need to ask for. I know how to get and maneuver and use smoke and mirrors to have a certain presentation that'll allow me access. And very much that was really important is like Ryder and Will talked about how this dude would name drop and be like, oh, I was hanging out with yeah. so-and-so the other day. And, and it was a way to like, entice other people and be like, hey, don't you want to be part of this circle? But then they were like, oh, wait a minute. He was probably saying the same things to other people about me and saying, oh, I was just hanging out with Will the other day. I was hanging out with Ryder the other day and other people being like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And that transcends. Yeah. And that's what I'm just trying to say. That like that ability to use a, a society's flaws, a society's shortcomings, the the need in Hollywood and the desire in Hollywood to be part of the in crowd, to be part of the places, to know someone who knows someone. Mm -hmm. That desire is what is being taken advantage of. And you make such a great point, because the one thing I want to say is that regardless of any societal factors, regardless of any personal traumas, like this individual knew exactly how to spin all of that shit to make him seem like he was, you know, uh, falsely prosecuted, that he was, you know, oh, I got a bad rap. This this kid kept coming on to me. I did as much as I could before I just eventually gave in. But what are you going to do? Like, he, it, it was. it's one thing to be around a person who is aware and who knows how to manipulate that information or even knows how to manipulate those, you know, societal traumas into a plausible excuse as to why they would do what they did and again none of that stuff is is uh commendable but it's worth noting that like like the how the fuck did who the fuck did i marry guy like there are people out there who do know how to twist shit and do know how to manipulate things for their benefit and it's good to know like when writer brought up into the woods i knew immediately what he was talking about before he even said it because i was like yeah like nice isn't always good and that's always been something i've taken from that musical and something that as soon as he said i knew the correlation he was making because like these people who are very extroverted who or like the life of the party can sometimes be the people who know exactly what to say to be the life of the party who know how to manipulate their behavior their personalities their language in order to seem attractive to the person they're trying to seem attractive to and it's so funny like so I, I've had this conversation with a few people and I do not know um, how many other people have this same experience, but I grew up with what I call snake oil salesmen. I grew up yeah. with people who I know, know how to be charismatic. They know how to say what people want to hear in order to get. So in general, I like, Anyone who is like instantly charismatic, instantly like given everyone has the control of the room, I am automatically just like eyes wide open. But I think that the problem that we deal with is sometimes you do have to have a history with that to really notice it. Like, let's like again, I like it's so cheesy to kind of bring it back to, but like, let's think about Chet Hunter. Like, mm. that is a perfect example of someone who he is very quick to like disarm you, and you know, you know who he is you know in the back of your mind, but you're like, God, man, man, doesn't he just make me laugh? Isn't he so fun to be around? And it's yeah. like, yes, he is, but are is he so fun to be around that you're willing to ignore all of the harm that he's actively causing? Mm -hmm. And I think that, to me, watching the cast talk about this, uh, I, I know people hate this, but I'm like, it was very much like watching white people honestly wake up to something that marginalized groups have to deal with all the time mm -hmm. it's this idea of hey the thing that i love may not love me back in the way that it says it does mm -hmm. you know of I mean? uh, reality we've had to face at such an early age <laughs> exactly so like it like think about it if, if you were to do something and a white person was saying everything that you wanted to say and they were like hey we're like like again it's that temptation thing it's like we're gonna give you everything that you want right now as a black person, you'd be like, mm, you like, you're going to take a step back. You know what I mean? You're going to look at it a little side eye. You're like, I'm going to keep my eye on you. So yeah. So my idea is 
just that. It is very much like I was listening to Will and Ryder really, really struggle with this. And I was like, they want so badly to hold on to this idea. Like Ryder wants to hold on to this idea that Hollywood isn't that bad, you guys. And it's like, actually, there are more stories like this than there are stories like yours. And you yeah. have to acknowledge that. I'm not saying that your story changes. I'm saying we have to be aware that there are more, you're more of the exception than you are the rule. The, the proof of what you just said is that as they were talking about this guy who I hardly remember from Boy Meets World, I could not help mentally replacing him with a Danny Man Masterson, with yes. a Bill Cosby, with the like, and like there was all of these like figures in Hollywood, uh, Harvey Weinstein, Diddy, like all these people who were coming to my head and I was like, you could be talking about any of these fuckers. Honestly, you could be talking about any of them. And the fact that I have such a long list of dudes to plop into that spot in my head says something about this industry and maybe it's just a lack of oversight maybe it's just a lack of accountability and like that's fair we can have that conversation and we can work to fix it but if we're not even willing to have the conversation if we're not even willing to acknowledge that there's snakes in the grass it's like well you're gonna get bit like i don't know how you protect yourself and that's that's what i'm saying like to me i thought it was really important and i want to i want to make it very clear in case anyone thinks that i'm like coming down hard on the will or writer I'm not. I'm actually very proud of them for having this very mm -hmm. uncomfortable conversation. I'm actually very proud of them for challenging themselves and and being able to confront the uncomfortable. I'm saying that I noticed how hard it was to just hold on to mm -hmm. that. Like, there's that thing where you and I have spoken to Will, and we can tell he's like, what is color? Good television is good television. And you're like, yeah, it is. However... I, you know what? So funny you said that because there was one moment where Will said, it feels like everybody wants to be a victim. And Katie was like, well, that's your take on it. And yes. I was like, yeah, that's very much your take. That's But again, it's it's this this idea of I I feel like again, it's like in my worldview, we just dealt with things. Yeah. In my worldview. Not everyone has bad intentions. In my worldview, sometimes the the cream will rise to the top because if it's good, it's good. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that is your worldview for a reason. Yeah. And that's the system has been set up to make you feel that way. Sure. Or well, like the like for Will and Ryder to be like, I I I feel bad. I feel bad that I'm saying this. I'm feeling bad that I'm ruining this. It's like, yeah. You're supposed to. That man put in a lot of work to make sure that you felt this. Way. I will say something. If someone were to come to me and say, hey, for the past seven years, you've been recording with CJ. You didn't realize he was murdering people and putting them under <laughs> his floorboards. Like if someone were to say that shit to me, I'd be like, no, you're talking about the wrong dude. Like it's the wrong. That cognitive dissonance that Katie was talking about in terms of just like, hey, I know what you're saying and I know all the evidence, but like you have to understand that this is a person who I accepted as a human being in my life. And because we don't think about criminality as like we we dehumanize criminality, it's really hard for me to like understand how the human being and the person I was friends with was capable of this thing that I am deeming so beyond like... I don't know, coming back from like it, it, it's the cognitive dissonance would fuck with me too, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So it's fun. again, I and I think it's just because of my childhood where I was able to again see people manipulate people for a living, see mm. people actually say what they needed to say to get something out of other individuals because I know that that's not only a type of person that exists, but that's the type of person that's rewarded. I, and I'm not saying that I've never been taken or got, I'm saying that I can hold those two truths in my head. I know that- If someone came to you right now and was like, hey, your husband is basically Dexter, you would be like, I spent all this time with him. There's no way. Like, there's no part no, of you no, that's see, like, see, no. See, and that, here's the thing. It's not that I'd be like, no way. I'd be like, yeah, you know, honestly, white man. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, again, but like- You know what, now that you bring it up, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's not that I think that he, it's not that I think regular on a regular basis he's capable. It's that I understand that human beings are capable of anything. There are so many times where people are like, Damn. 
oh, would you ever believe? I'm like, yes, because they're human and human beings are really good at hiding the things that they don't want other people to see. And that's my point. My whole point is just that. My whole point is we were talking about um, the why the fuck did I get married situation? And she said no one knew what was going on because she purposely didn't want them to know. She said that he was so good at manipulating and changing the stories and covering his tracks in some ways, or he knew he knew what she wanted, so he knew how to give it to her. And I'm like, yes, I at no point in time, I have seen enough true crime things. And what do they always say? He was such a good guy. He was like, like there was no way we could have known. I was like, no way you could have known? No way, no way yeah. at all. It's like, if you didn't think it was possible, it's because you weren't paying attention to who people are. In general, you could tell me that for the last 20 years, so-and-so was doing this, and I would be like, man, they were good at hiding it. I had no idea. I take no, I don't take any blame for buying into their lies because chances are they were an expert liar. Like, yeah. like I go back, there are two things. One, I think about there's this thing where it goes, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me four times, you're good at this. It's like, <laughs> in time, you're, this is a skill set because I'm not yeah. dumb. I know I am aware enough to be able to assess certain things out. So if you're able to pull one on an entire industry, I can't take it personal because you dedicated your life to this. Yeah. This was the thing that you were a prodigy at. And I can't hold myself I can't be mad at myself for being taken by a professional. Another thing that it reminded me of is we spoke to, I think it was Gary Miller uh, a few episodes ago. And Gary talked about how he had uh, worked with OJ Simpson. And I don't know if it made the episode, but there was this part where he worked with OJ Simpson. And this woman, after everything had happened, was like, how could you work with a guy like that? And she was like, or Gary was like, he wasn't a killer when I knew him. And I was like, that's the thing with Will and Ryder when they were like, oh, if anyone were to be like, how could you be friends with this guy? It's like, well, because at the time I didn't know those things. And now that I do know, I don't associate with him. That's the best that I can do. That's what I like. I don't follow my friends home every night. I don't read all of my friends' text messages. So if you were to tell me, hey, turns out TC was running a... um a jewelry thief ring i'd be like whoa never saw that and if he was where's my jewelry you know like like that's that's how i would feel about it oh my god i, would... I wish i could run the jewelry heist <laughs> i don't have my adhd can't support that level of productivity but i love that you think i'm capable of that but my whole point <laughs> is is it's not that i think you're capable it's that if someone were to tell me that you did i wouldn't be like that's impossible yeah, yeah. i'd be like oh wow that is new information. That is like, that is something that I did not expect. And I, for maybe I'll do my own due diligence. Maybe I'll confront you, maybe whatever, who knows. Sure. But I won't say that it's outside of a possibility because there are, people are always able to, people are people. Yeah, and the people thing about being a human being is that it's complex, that people lie to you for no reason. Mm-hmm. sometimes people lie i've like i had this conversation with my husband earlier where we were talking we were watching love is blind and then sometimes you're like why why would you lie about that i was like sometimes people lie people lie for no reason there are plenty of times that i lie for no reason not for any reason other than it's going to be easier to make the conversation go forward you know 100 i you know what's so funny about that i have a story about that where i was dating a girl one time and I told her I was Samoan um, because at the time I was tired of ask, answering the race question. And I was also tired of being racially profiled. Yeah. Like I remember specifically like growing up in Florida and telling people I was half black and half Puerto Rican. And they were like, oh, you got the worst ones. Like white people wow. actually told me that you. to yep. my face. I believe you. Yep. And so like, I remember just at that time, she caught me at a moment where I was just telling people I was Samoan. And when she found out, she was like really upset that I lied to her. But like years later, Later, I'm like, oh, I was responding to like racial trauma in a way that I didn't process at that time. I only say all of that is because like, if you knew that you were friends with someone who was about to commit like a heinous crime in like five years, like, would you approach that relationship differently in the years leading up? Would you separate yourself? Would you try to like, 
connect and talk to that person. I just thought it was very interesting how Will and Ryder had such like this mindset of like, oh, I almost regret. And I was just, I'm, I'm truly wondering, like, if I knew you were going to kill someone in five years, like, is there anything I could do? And I, I mean, this is a bit, this leads to a bigger conversation of like men checking in with each other, but also just like accountability. Like, is it on me to like save you from something that you would do that's horrendous? Like, I don't know. And so like, there's this kind of duality conversation I'm having in my head about like, you know, there are people who are like, I guess, going to do bad shit and there's nothing you can do as your friend. But at the same time, like people need to check in with their friends and see like how they're doing because like I don't feel like you go to that length unless you've made a lot of small decisions along the way to justify making that big one I mean like it's in some ways and you know what again sorry we're all over the place on this episode so but, all over the place yeah but I think all of this is, is really true so again in the one point that I get married she talks about how when when all of the things are revealed there's this point in time where he she's asked him to get out she was being very calm she's like i need you to leave i need you to get out of my house i need these things to happen and he calls his aunt and he's he says to her reminder she has spent five hours telling us all of these lies that he told and he says to his aunt i don't know what's wrong with her i've never lied to her at all and she's just overreacting and she's like my brain snapped I saw red. I she was like, it was is the I the audacity of him to say something like that. Like, and I and I know and I've just Can I just pause things. and just say that like to our listeners who have not seen the who the fuck did I marry thing? Because I also haven't seen it. I saw just a quick recap of all the lies this man told this woman. Outrageous shit. This motherfucker would sit down and have conversations by himself for an hour on the phone saying that he was Correct. talking to someone else. Like outrageous shit. I just wanted to throw that in there. Absolutely. So so anyway, all that is to say that. She was like, oh, I had hit another level. And like, luckily, there were people on the other line of the phone who were like, hey, like for him, you need to get out of there. I don't mm -hmm. think that she's in a place right now where she can be held accountable for her actions. Her mom was on the phone with her. She was like, hey, I like I whatever you need to do, however we need to do, like, let's I don't I don't know. I don't know how to actually interfere at this moment in time, but I do know that there is a chance that her emotions will take over. And I just, but, but to your point, it is, it's that it's the fact that there were people there, the fact that there was community, the fact that there was someone on the line who could stop her and be like, Hey, I, I know I get it. I understand. And yeah. we see this all the time in revenge movies or revenge plots where someone who was taken advantage of finally gets to see their assailant. And we we want that catharsis. But also in real life, we know that's not how the system works. That's not how the game yeah. works. And you need to be able to hold your friend accountable and let them know, hey, it would feel good to do this thing, to say this thing, but is this a wise decision? And I would challenge anyone who has a feeling that their friend is kind of up to no good, who has a friend, a feeling that their friend is in a relationship that they're not supposed to be, just check in. The other day, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who just had a baby. And I was like, hey, I know it can be hard to have a, a child. I know that I've never had one, but I've heard enough conversations and I know enough about a new being a new mom that I just want to tell you that even if you're not feeling all into it, I'm here. I'm an ear. And she responded. She was like, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Like, it really did help just to know that I'm not alone in my feelings. And I think sure. that that is also what's really important. That's what I, that's why I think this episode was important. That's why I want this episode that's why I wanted us to cover this episode. Sure. I just find all of it is really important in terms of talking about it more, having a community, making sure that everyone is looking out for the signs and being aware and also feeling like if you have been a victim of any kind of manipulation, any kind of abuse, any kind of, in, in whatever form, whether it's tangentially or you've been the direct victim, do not beat yourself up about it. Yeah. Make sure that you understand that people lie all the time. Sometimes people will lie for no reason. 
just because they lied to you does not mean that you are a fool. It means that they had a goal in mind that you did it. And that's it. Hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, that was an episode. <laughs> you know what, guys? I just want to say, what to anyone who's listening and who's stuck with us, you know, we've been doing these Pod Meets World episode reviews on our Patreon. They typically are not this long. They're not this intense. It's usually just us giving kind of just like very casual opinions. But there was something about this episode that I think really spurred it, it, it like it provoked a different kind of conversation and i'm just really glad that we were got kind of able to have it with everyone and we can kind of all talk about it and you know we can kind of try to process this in a healthy way because it feels like there are so many minute details of um you know the circumstances of this podcast from podbeats world where again I was able to see myself. I was able to see myself and like, oh, what was it like to be a kid and be around an adult who acted shady? What was it like to just like all of that, all the aspects of it? What would it be like to have a friend that does something crazy that I have to respond to years later? Like all of it, I found so relatable in a way that I don't know that they meant to be relatable. And I just, yes. that, that's just something I wanted to just throw out there. Absolutely. I, I honestly, like, I wanted to have this in deep, in-depth conversation with you and, and our audience because we're I'm, I'm going to bring it up whenever we do the season recap mm -hmm. but i don't i don't necessarily want them to have to go through all of this all over again so maybe like i'll bring it up in like yeah. a roundabout question but in general i do want to thank them for having the conversation i do want to thank our listeners for listening to us and letting us know what you think about it please reach out if you have other stories that you want to share i do know jensen was able to share with me um, a screenshot of several people who were like, I knew that guy. I, I saw wow. it or I had just narrowly escaped or there are lots of people who are telling their own stories of um, both in their comments and in the stories that I, we were talking about with, with the fact that I get married where lots of people are being like, I had my own version of this. I had my own situation like this. And I'm glad that you brought it up because we all need to be talking about what to look for and how we as a society can be better at weeding these people out so that there are fewer victims who have to fight against the rest of society. You know, one just closing remark I want to make on this whole thing is that, you know, in the episode they were saying like, hey, it's not like the obvious villain. Like the villains aren't always the people who are wearing the trench coats and who have the like the spirally mustaches. The villains are your everyday people who one day make a mistake too far and end up pursuing an idea that either through obsession or whatever that leads them to a path where you wouldn't expect them to go. And I think that's the big thing is that like, especially prior to, I would say probably, I don't know, our childhood, our nineties, like the villains in media were always very specific like you looked like a villain on site. And I think one of the things that our our millennial generation has done is like rework that and be like, actually, was the villain that other guy, that attractive guy who made us think that he was really likable, but actually fucked everyone over the Zach Morris's trash mindset of it all. I think that's really healthy. And I think all of this, like what this does for for us and for you know the generations listening to the pod meets world thing is that it really helps us to decompress and it helps to process some of these things that we brought in through our lives that we did not ask to have brought into our lives and just kind of have an adult conversation about it so i appreciate them spurring it it's very specific to them but at the same time universal to all of us in a way that it really shouldn't be well, so. to your point, it, it reminds me of Breaking Bad, which is mm. that it's like we start off with a very sim sympathetic teacher, cancer victim. Yeah. We're all on his side. But the whole point is at a certain point in time, he made a decision. 
at a certain point in time, he wasn't doing it because this was his only option. At a certain point in time, he realized he liked it. At a certain point in time, he realized he he had society on his he side. He is the villain of yeah. the story. Yeah. Exactly. Then, so I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel like Walter White is such a perfect example of what most predators and like villains are. These people who think they're doing good, who maybe even started out with incredible intentions, but justified terrible behavior over and over again until it finally turned them into something they did not recognize. And I'm so glad you pointed that out. Absolutely. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for listening this far. Uh, as TC said, we actually do these pod recaps on our Patreon. If you enjoyed this conversation, go check it out. Uh, to his point, it's not usually this long, but I would say it's equally as passionate because mm -hmm. That's how we come. That's how we talk about anything. Um, and uh, if you want to check that out, check out patreon.com slash world. You can hit us up on all the socials at world at gmail.com or at world on all the places, um, including YouTube. Uh, you guys continue to reach out to us, continue to have your conversations. Let us know what you thought about this episode. And ultimately, uh, take care of yourselves. I think that's really important. Take care of yourselves. Check in with your friends. And just like, have uncomfortable conversations. It really leads to some some good developments, I think, for everyone when you're just willing to have the conversations that you're dreading because even Will and Ryder were probably dreading that conversation and probably got something good out of it is, is what it seems. So Absolutely. And if you or anyone you know needs help um, or feel like you have been a victim of sexual abuse, please hit the National Sexual Assault Hotline at one 800 656 four six seven three uh again thank you guys so much um and we look forward to seeing you next week with a usual uh broad meets world more jovial content <laughs> absolutely all right uh later bros later bros when the spawn meets world